It is uh, Life Happens and my name is Pimelo Motina. I'm in conversation this afternoon with a giant, really somebody who is very, very inspiring. Msimelelo uh, Boltina is an author. He's an advocate for the rights and needs of people living with disability. His journey comes a long, long way and you, you really are going to be encouraged by this particular story. He joins me now on the line. Good afternoon and thank you so much for joining us, Msimelelo. Good afternoon, Janela. Let's, let's start with your journey, which which was quite horrific quite early on in life at six when you were a burn victim. Do you remember that incident? Yes, I remember it, Janela. Uh, it was in 1990, and at that time my brother was going to uh, initiation school. And being a young boy, unfortunately, I could not be his age or too young at the time. But this one day, I happened to spend the night in his hut. And then when we woke up, the hut was on fire. No one to this day knows how it caught fire. Mm. Uh, but that's how I got burnt. And life from then onwards, what was it like? I mean, you were quite disfigured by the fire and so on. So I imagine that the recovery process was quite lengthy. Yes, I spent about eight months in hospital. And just getting out of hospital and then having to be a child, a six-year-old, that looks that different was quite hard. Because um, I had to go back to school. I mean, my parents didn't give me a choice about it. I had to go back to school. I had to walk those long streets to school and was subjected quite to a lot of teasing, to a lot of ridicule. Uh, but it's something that I ended up getting used to. Apart from the ridicule and so on, in terms of actual physical discomfort, what was that like? I mean, just the burn, it was very uncomfortable, especially being exposed to the sunlight yes. at first. It used to get quite itchy, and when it was hot, my face would be so uncomfortable mm. that I would seek shade immediately. Mm. And when I came out of hospital, my hands were heavily disfigured as well, and I had to have quite a lot of reconstructive surgery to try to separate the fingers, to try to get mm. the fingers to burn, mm. to burn, sorry, uh, because they were quite stiff when I got out of hospital, and I had a quite a lot of uh, physical therapy to help me with that. So it was just a battle even holding a pen uh, as it had to return to school. I mean, the, 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 for me, the shock is is that 20 years later, you were back again, uh, now this time after a car accident in hospital. 20 years later, I'm back in hospital. And I had a car accident um, traveling in traveling from one of our locations here in Port Elizabeth, driving on the freeway to do whatever. And I had a car accident when, well, I got told how this happened actually. I'm not sure whether my memory blocked it off, but I was fortunate that I was driving with one of my cousins who was driving his vehicle behind me. And he narrated to me when I, I guess I woke up in hospital wanting to find out exactly what had happened. And he narrated the story of what happened that someone who was parked on the side of the road, because it was at night, uh, drove in front of me with their lights off uh, and turned their lights on when they got into the road. And trying to avoid an accident, I swerved in my vehicle road a couple of times and 
that process, it took me out to the windscreen and I broke my neck. <laughs> Paralyzing you? Um, you are the, yeah. from my chest down. And, 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 and now you have something completely different now to deal with. You are now in a wheelchair. Th- that's a double whammy, isn't it? I mean, even, even for somebody who, who hadn't had to deal with what you had to deal with earlier, this is another life completely. It completely changed everything. Uh, I mean, at that time, I can safely say I was at the prime of my career. Um, was driving a very fancy car for a 26-year-old. Uh, I, w- I had arrived where I wanted to be in my career, and just like that, life changed. How how you you had dealt with with difficulties earlier in your life, and and you had come out as you said you were at the top of your career. You had arrived where you wanted to go, and I suppose one would say you felt like you had conquered really the difficulties. And finding yourselves now here, where you you have something completely different to deal with, did that psychologically? How did that affect you? You know, uh, I think at that moment in 2009, when I was at that moment when I've just been told that, look, you'll never be able to walk again, you'll never be able to do ABCDI again, you'll probably have difficulties following each other. All of that shattered me. Even the experience of that six-year-old growing up with those burns was not enough to deal with what I was being confronted with. Hmm. This was something totally, totally, totally shattering. And as much as I had to take it, as much as I had to sort of go back to that past and try to figure out how I got to deal with those difficulties, it was just not enough to deal with the fact that now at 26, suddenly you can't do anything by yourself. You You cannot as much as feed yourself. I mean, it, for me, just listening to the story, you had just gotten married, hadn't you? No, 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 not at all, actually. Yeah. I was still with my uh, ex-girlfriend at the time. Yes. Uh, I was with her for four years. Uh, and we broke up, we broke up, sorry, when I got out of hospital. Uh, but I met my current wife after my accident. What has life been like since then? Life has been a roller coaster, to be quite honest. Uh, I mean, there's, there's no easy way of dealing with being permanently disabled. Um, there are good days and there are bad days, but I try to make the most of the good days. Uh, I haven't let this obviously uh, cripple me, if I can put it that way. Because after my accident, uh, having to return home now to this totally strange atmosphere because now I was viewing life from a sitting position. Everything was different. And like I mentioned earlier, having to rely on people now to do things for me. I had to dig very deep. I had to dig for that Mr. that is within me, that go-getter, that guy that makes things happen. I had to try and find that guy again. And with me finding that guy, I found myself then going back to school. Uh, even that was a challenge because now I decided, okay, I know that I kind of had honed in into what I wanted to specialize in, which was internal auditing. And now I had an opportunity. I'm at home. I'm not doing anything. 
I'll suddenly found myself out of work. So what am I going to do? And I decided to register with the user and to do an honors degree in internal auditing. But that on its own came with its own curveballs. How was I going to write? How was I going, how was I going to take notes? Because I couldn't write. I could barely move my arms. How was I going to page textbooks? How was I going to write exams? And even that gave me an opportunity to relearn how to learn. I can put it that way. I had to learn to use my laptop to take notes. I I even asked the user to allow me to use the laptop to write my exams. Even that was just another process, but I wanted to do something with my life. I wasn't just going to sit at home and just be another number you know I'm listening to you and and your account on on how you've had to navigate life and processes and you're saying even getting UNISA for instance to allow you to write the exams in a particular manner using a laptop as your device for for me you know that that's that's in itself quite something and I'm, I'm wondering just those experiences, the kind of difficulties that somebody living with a disability like yourselves has to has to navigate through life. So when when you do come across what we would take for granted, just how difficult is it to navigate spaces and places? It's quite difficult. I mean, a society that day for people living living in wheelchairs—that's just the honest truth. Even in my working career. I've had a lot of instances where you find that you get called for a meeting, you get to a meeting and there are tons of stairs for you to get to the boardroom. No one thought that, oh, okay, there's a guy in a wheelchair coming, so let's book the meeting where he can access it. But even then, I wouldn't allow that meeting not to happen. I've had instances where meetings have been moved to lawns outside. I've had instances where meetings were moved to the reception area. Because life needs to continue. As much as the world around me is not built for me, it doesn't mean that then I sit back in my corner and let life happen. Ms. Menel, help, help me out, and I think it, you'll help a lot of us here. What would be the etiquette? So if I've never met you, uh, maybe we've met via email and we are arranging this meeting, should I from now on ask anybody that I'm meeting for the first time electronically if they they are disabled if they would need me to be in a space that accommodates them? Is that the right etiquette or not really? Yeah, actually it is. Uh, I think even for people with disabilities, it actually works both ways. Yes. So if you are in this process where meeting is being organized, you need to tell people to be able to accommodate you if you have a disability. Okay. Uh, are you going to need any assistance? Uh, are you going to need assistance accessing the building? Do you need assistance getting into the building, getting into the portal? And that's something that people with disabilities need to be upfront about with regard to, with regard to their disabilities. I'm always upfront. Yes. But I must say, though, I'm also always skeptical of the answer I get. They, oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, come. No, 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 come. Mm. Come through. You are totally accessible and you get there. And you just need to navigate yourself in there. That triangle steps to move around. Mm. That two staircases leading down to it. It's happened to me many a time. Even with accommodation uh, facilities, it's happened so many times that I fly to there then 
need to get together and at last 10 o'clock in the evening and I can't access the preaching Thank you so much for enlightening us and many of these conversations will be happening here on our platform but thank you for opening up with your particular story and for allowing us better insight into how we even ourselves can engage with someone living with disability that's how they refer to him Baltina who's a motivational speaker as well an advocate for the rights and needs for people living with disability really appreciate the time you've, sp- you've spoken to us thank you